This is The Resilient Life, where we believe that every human will struggle in this life. Our challenge is to struggle well. I'm Ryan Mannion. I lost my brother to war, my mom to cancer, and I'm the daughter of a retired Marine. I'm also a wife, mom, author, and president of one of the nation's leading veteran service organizations. Join me and some incredible guests as we explore the value of struggling well through life's inevitable challenges. Welcome to another episode of the Resilient Life Podcast. I'm bringing back another fan favorite to the podcast today, the founder and CEO of GoRuck, Jason McCarthy. If you recall uh, last time, uh, if you're an avid listener, last time I had Jason on to talk about the power of community. And what I'd love to do today, Jason, is to dive into a little bit more of the power of being outdoors. It's something that you talk about a lot. And um, I think it's something that's so important right now that we have a conversation on. So thanks for joining us again. I'm, I'm excited to have you back. You ask me to do anything, I say yes, Ryan. So it's it's awesome to be back. <laughs> awesome. So I was doing a little bit of research because I take a lot of what you put uh, through your stories, and I love how you're you know you're you're pushing just get outside. And I've had to you know also you you live in Florida, so it's very nice to look at your pictures of being outside in the beautiful Florida weather. And I've had to really dig deep mentally to take that and apply that in my Northeast terrible winter weather that we're having. But I have found that there is something so therapeutic about getting outside. I've been really trying to avidly get out there no matter the weather conditions. Last week, I took my uh, seven-year-old son and two dogs on a three-mile rock. It was snowing. And I'm like, well, do I do this? And I'm like, yeah, I've got snow pants. I've got snow boots. I'll put them on. And my husband and I had like the best time. I was like, this was so much fun. And my kid loved it. We called it an adventure rock and we just got out there. And, um, you know, researchers have long recognized and studied the positive effects that being outdoors has on your mental health. And I found, as I was looking as far back as 1989, studies have found that people exposed to urban environments are forced to use their attention to overcome the effects of constant stimulation described as hard fascination, which, induce, which induces cognitive fatigue over time. In contrast, natural environments benefit, benefit from soft fascination, which refers to scene content that automatically captures attention while simultaneously eliciting feelings of pleasure. I read that and it hit me because like you, I've got young kids that, and, and I think, my youngest, my seven-year-old is, um, he's the most, I would say, my husband, I call it addicted to um, electronics. And when we pull those out of his hand and we'll do these kind of resets, it's, it's almost like an addict going through withdrawal. And we can see kind of how his brain changes and we can see the difference when we're actively pushing him to be outside and when he's sitting playing Roblox for four hours and we're like, oh crap, time to get him off the phone. And, um, you know, I don't want to get weighed down by talking about COVID or the pandemic, but it's worth addressing that over the past two years, people worldwide have stayed indoors perhaps more than ever. They've limited travel, travel they've limited trips outside of your home. And 
my first question for you is, did you know about any of this research when you created GORUCK? Or did realizing the benefits of being outdoors and participating in outdoor activities come later for you? I mean, you know, my generation, we didn't have all of these screens to stare at all the time, right? I mean, we got a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo and, you know, my screen time was limited, but it was, it was not as, it was pretty addictive, but not quite all everywhere where you can't bring it to the dinner table. You can't do this stuff. I mean, I grew up playing sports, right? And I feel like we forget the most foundational things in life, the, the stuff that makes us actually happy. And we just start grabbing for stuff all the time because of the Joneses and the marketers and, you know, some of our hard wiring working against us because the, the easy stuff, right? You can go buy pleasure anytime you want to, right? All different forms and shapes and sizes. And the army, the army in my time in there on a small team, we trained together, we lived together, we fought together, we bled together, you know? And it was just this tribal bond that we had. And we, the, the thing that one of my buddies brought up later is you're always kind of on your feet. You're always doing something. Yeah, you know, there's a desk and stuff for the, the captain and stuff like that. But the rest of us, the ones that work, right? You know, we're, we're always just doing stuff. And, you know, it really bonds and brings people together. So through GORUCK, I mean, my, you know, I just was kind of living the life that I, that I wanted that I, that I knew made me happy. And it took me some time to realize what exactly that was. And then to fight the urges to just stay inside and pretend like that was ever going to actually work. Cause you can chase all of the, you can chase all the accolades that you can get with, with, you know, your, your nubs, your fingers and your keyboard and, and all of that stuff. But are you actually a human being that's happy? And I think it's just, you know, the hardest thing to do is to simplify your life, right? And so much of it involves you and you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of your family and you have to take care of yourself to take care of your family. And we try to isolate stuff like mental health and all this stuff. It's all tied together. So the short is, you know, there's a million different studies since the beginning of man, most of them just done by people that were doing it to suggest that being outside with other people is really, really good for us. And now there's no saber toothed tigers to hunt us. There's no, none of this type of stuff really. And it's like, we know we need to do more of that. The question is, how do we do it? And the best way to do it is what you did. It's to do it together. Instead of sending your kid out and say, Hey, go outside and play. It's no, let's go. You, you forge these bonds, you do it. And, and it's really rewarding. And we know this, we all know this, just how do we get more of us to do it? Yeah. Well, and you know, I think, I think there are some bucolic neighborhoods that still exist in the United States where the kids all get together in the cul-de-sac and, and go out and play, you know, we don't live in an, not an area, but our neighborhood doesn't where my kids are the youngest and practically the only kids in the neighborhood. So they don't have that and I do, I am guilty sometimes of being like, just get outside. I don't care if you're riding your bike. I don't care if you're reading, just sit outside and do something. You know, it's 57 degrees here today in Philadelphia. And I'm like pushing the kids outside. Like you cannot be on your phones right now because it's too nice. But um, it is about like, if you're actively saying, okay, I'm going to go with you, you know, uh, well then, then it does change, 
change that. I remember I, I tell my kids a lot. I'm like, you know, when I and and you do this thing and I'll, you cringe because it reminds you of your parents when they used to tell you they work walk 10 miles to school. But, you know, my husband will be like, I was out the door 10 a.m. and I didn't come home until the sun went down. I remember living in Virginia. Um, you know, I was 10 years old and I would go out with my friends and we'd climb through the sewer systems. We'd get flashlights and we'd pull up manholes. And I think about that and I'm like, well, I don't know if I want my kids doing that now, but the experiences we had, like I'm 42 years old and I still remember those things from childhood. Kids aren't going to remember sitting on their phone. That's not going to be some core memory that, that lives with them. So let's hope not. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope not. But I want to get back to, so I asked you kind of like, did you know about this, um, generalized theory as you were creating go ruck but i also think it's important for the listeners i think most of the community that listens to this uh podcast is familiar with go ruck but for those that are not tell us what the company go ruck is in its you know in its most overarching uh terms what is go ruck yeah so go ruck the rucking company what that means is you put weight on your back and you go for a walk right and so there's a there's various components of this but you know, there's a manufacturing side. We build and manufacture the rucksacks and the weight. We build all that stuff from the ground up, right? Not just white label and stuff, like a proper manufacturing stuff. But what really excites me are our people. And you know, the Army, Special Forces, that, that's a people business. It's a people business, the people that you serve with, which I get goosebumps when I start to, you know, think about just how much I love those guys that I served with right? And the community that I come from. And and then, you know, you're dealing with foreign fighters in our case, right? You know, the Iraqis and how you work by with and through them. That's a people business. You can't just tell them what to do and just expect it to be done. And so as GORUCK was in its infancy, I mean, I still just put people first. I mean, you started running events. And what happened was, is that, that bringing people together in the real world, outside, it's this thing loosely dubbed social fitness, social health, if you will, right? You bring people together in the real world and push them and challenge them and and make them work together. And we don't care if you're black or white or young or old or military or civilian or pink or purple or polka dotted or gay or straight or or, or whatever, right? Just, Just show up, right? All those boundaries that exist in the forums masquerading as communities, they all evaporate when you're there together. You see people for people. Which is, which is the goal, right? See people for people, because that's what we all are. And so, you know, we have 500 ruck clubs around the country. They just get together. It's community-led. They, they go for rucks. They do push-ups. They go grab beers on Friday nights or whatever they want to do, right? People come together with people. And so that's the part that I'm the most proud of our, is, is our community. And by community, I mean real-world communities, plural, forming together this uh, this this larger scale kind of go ruck as the as the umbrella. So I think I sh- we shared the story the last time you were on about the first time I met you. Um, you guys gave me a rucksack. We we rucked. I mean, it didn't have anything in it. It was a beautiful rucksack that was maybe had some newspaper in it, and we rucked around a lake in Georgia. Um, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it for everything that you're talking about um, because you know, staying physically active for me was always a very isolating event. It was me going on long runs where even if I was running with someone, I wasn't um, physically capable of holding a conversation. 
And so this idea that I could um, be physically active, but also have conversation, bond with people, create those relationships, I loved it. And so I fell in love with that. Um, gosh, I think it's three, at least three years ago now that we met and we did that. And um, I, I have a bunch of rucksacks. I um, preach it to everyone that it's, it, it's the way. And um, I love, I actually put out, um, but I'm a very basic rucker when it comes to the Go Ruck community. Let me preface it by that because you guys do all sorts of really um, cool and physically challenging, you know? So if you want to be, if you want to be like me and you want to just get out there, put some weight um, and, and get active, or if you actually want to go and push yourself um, in a really, really physical way, uh, that opportunity um, pre presents itself through the work that you do. I had some questions come in through Instagram because I had shared that you were coming on and um, somebody had put, and I, I thought this was a great question, like what fitness level do I need for success with a ruck? Zero to 10 couch potato to marathon finisher. So let, let's talk about success first, okay. right? Because that you've got to start with anything like in the military, you start with intent, right? And so my take is, is what are your goals in life? If, if you want to feel better, if you want to be able to do more, I mean, you need zero, right? You need to be able to walk, I suppose. If you, if you can't, then someone can push you literally, right? And so the, the, the point is, is I don't care how much weight you have in your back. I don't care how long you go, right? I want it to be about something that is rewarding, fun, challenging as you need it to be. This morning, I rucked to work with 30 pounds in my back. That's not a lot for me because I've been doing this for a long time, right? It's like just not super feeling it. And other days, it's more. It's not about me though. It's about me for me because I want to feel a certain way on, on whatever day. But if you are at a zero, basically you need to walk more, right? We get prescribed all these things and we think we can go buy them or we can subscribe to them, right? So look at back at the last two years, every single measure of human health is worse. Every single one. Loneliness, depression, anxiety, obesity, childhood obesity, suicide, every single measure of human health is worse. And ultimately, you know, subscriptions to digital training programs are up. You can stare at your screen all day at work and then you can then you can stare at your screen and have Mr. Spandex tell you to pedal faster. The problem is, is it doesn't work, right? We are social creatures that crave these basic needs that Maslow describes, right? And then part of that is you need to go outside, right? And you can substitute for days on a treadmill if you want. Like I'm, it's do what's best for you, but just know that you can't defeat human nature, right? We are who we are. So if you're a, you're a 10, on, on the fitness scale. Well, we got something for that too. You just up the weight. Yeah. I mean, you can up the weight, you can up the, the distance, you can up the speed. If you're zero, you probably need to go outside more and walk more. It's real basic. And so if this is sort of a, the license or the permission to say, you're welcome here, I say with no ego here, like we want to build better Americans. And there is no greater gift that we have as a people than the health of our people. And so it's very, very, very clear that we need to focus on this, not by just popping pills or waiting for shots to make us healthier or for, you know, 
the latest thing that we can buy to do better by us. We need to actually assume some personal responsibility and say, what I'm doing isn't working. I don't have enough energy. I'm not healthy enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't walk enough, whatever the case may be. And then show yourself some compassion, right? Because it's been very stressful and that takes its toll on us. But we are, we are like, it's time. If you're waiting for permission to, to get out there and seize your health and move forward and get better, then find a way to do it. And, and I think it's go outside and do something that's accessible to you and have fun doing it. And that's usually better with somebody else. But if it's got to be you and the dog, that's somebody else in my book. So do that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, somebody else had written in, like, what is a great way to get back into rucking after a hiatus of not doing it? And and I'll say, um, you know, when I first started rucking again, my first ruck was with an empty rucksack. But when I started doing it on my own, you guys sent me a rucksack and I was like, all right, well, I, I have a responsibility now to use this. But I wasn't <laughs> at a place where I felt comfortable sticking the actually the first time I went out and rucked by myself, I put a 10 pound plate in. And it hurt my shoulders. And I'm like, you know, it hurts too much that I'm not going to continue doing it. Um, so I'm not ready for that yet. I ended up sticking two soup cans in my rucksack. And probably for a few weeks, that's what I had until I felt like I was ready to, to move up those notches. Um, and, you know, you said something like where a lot of people over these last two years were waiting, we're, we're buying these online subscriptions. And, and I think that I look at Peloton as a prime example. You know, they were the hottest ticket in town. I don't know how many people, I can count on both hands the number of people that went out that are in my direct, uh, you know, close circle that went out and bought Pelotons. And I can also count that probably nine out of 10 of them didn't even start using those Pelotons. It kind of showed up and they didn't really use them. And you can see now, Peloton's stock has gone down. They did this mass production, but now that people are able to get back into doing things and being around other people, there's no need for Peloton anymore, right? Now there are, there's a, there's definitely a group of Peloton people, but you can see that the, the, the need for Peloton only existed when we were not able to be around other people, when we were isolated. And so I think we have a natural, um, a natural calling to want to do everything that you're saying that Go Ruck uh, provides. And, and people, if given the opportunity, that's what they want to do. But sometimes, again, if you're not into, um, if you're not into something and you don't know enough about something, there is that kind of hesitation of, well, how do I begin? You know, and I think you guys make the, the barrier to entry very low and um, I think that's why you've created such an amazing company because there is a low barrier to entry, but you can also take it all the way up to, you know, challenging yourself in ways that you never thought you, you possibly would. I mean, you don't have to, this is not complicated. And like, I, it's worth saying because everyone, everyone is so skeptical of something that's just so simple, right? I mean, can anybody, unless you're maybe a mailman or something or what, it's like, who gets, who gets too many steps in their life, right? Who? I mean, if you want to, you, you think about the longevity of your life, you know, and you say, what are the things I want to be able to do? Walking is probably at the top of that list, you know, well, pretty, pretty close anyway, yeah. right? Well, we'll just leave it at that. 
And, and you say the best way to get good at walking and, and to stay healthy and strong for walking is to walk. And a, and a way to get even better at walking is to rock, right? And so if you, it's, it's not cycling and it's not swimming, though those are good. It's definitely not running, right? Completely different movement set with completely different injury rates than, mark, than, than marching or, or rucking is. And so it's like, look, you don't have to use a go ruck rucksack. I mean, we're, they're specifically built for this. But they're you don't really have good. to. They are good. But you can use whatever you want. Go, just go outside, put some weight in it, go for a walk. Your shoulders might hurt the first time. That's okay. That's, that's, you know, that's them getting stronger, right? It's going to trickle to your whole body, including your, your brain, right? Which isn't that so much what we, what we need more than anything else. It's just the confidence from doing things that we can actually do and sustain and scale up because too often times what happens is and it happens really around new years we we pick these impossible goals that have nothing to do with happiness and will actually lead us to be unhappy right like i'm going to do this make this money and get this whatever and i'm going to lose 50 pounds because i you know i mean if you if you enjoy the process of doing that then that's great because you won't get those days back regardless just more of us need to go outside. This is a reminder to myself as well. I go through phases where I don't sleep as well. I go through phases where, you know, I'm super focused on this, this part of work, or I've got to get to work early and leave late. And like, man, I gotta, I gotta re-engage a little bit here. And, and so I do, it's simple though. Go outside, have fun, take your phone calls with, with, with a rucksack on, or just walking outside. You can ease into this as slowly or as quickly as you would like. Yeah. So um, another question, because we always kind of talk about um, the, the way you can ease into it, but um, somebody wrote in, what is the hardest rock uh, event that you have ever done and what made it so difficult? I mean, so I had, I mean, I go back to the, the army and you know, there were just some our culminating exercise is called Robin Sage, right? And it was a, it's, it's kind of like a mock war where you link up, they take over the state of North Carolina and you're, you're sleeping in barns, you're dealing with guerrilla chiefs. I mean, it's very realistic and, and very awesome, right? It, it teaches you about the human terrain as much, but you have to have the physical terrain as well. So we jumped in, right? And, you know, that 125 pound rucksack between you know, you're dangling it from your belt and it's in front of you. You're waddling like a penguin at best. Your buddy has to help you get up to waddle to the whatever, right? And you jump and you land and you thank God that you didn't smash your legs or whatever, break your face. And then you put that tick that sucks the blood out of your back, right? You put that tick on your back and our infiltration was 18 plus hours. And it was just excruciating. Like it's stupid weight. I mean, and, and part of it is, is it's, it's as much mental as physical. I mean, you do some units do carry that much in combat. It's a really terrible practice in, in reality, because, you know, it's, it's usually the commander who's like, you got to be ready for every contingency. So bring everything. And the best thing is to accept a little bit more risk, speed is security and go lighter. However, that was not the purpose of this. And so it was an 18 hour ruck with 125 plus pounds. And uh, it just, it hurts to think about. And, you know, we were all in the same boat. Everyone was suffering and nobody quit. 
And it was, uh, it's one of those things that you, you get, I gained a lot of confidence just knowing that I could do something like that. And, and so it's, it was a worthwhile thing. And we realized just, this was not cold Turkey. I mean, rucking is the foundation of special forces training. So they started us out with 45 pounds for, you know, selection. And then that, that it transitions up and the mileage gets more and more and more. So don't just pick up a ruck, no matter how tough you are, if you haven't done rucking before you might finish, but you might get kind of unnecessarily hurt. And it was, that, that was a tough one though. Yeah. Um, that sounds pretty tough. Um, so, you know, obviously through your work with go ruck, it's easy to see you hold a passion for bringing people together for outdoors, for fitness and go ruck is now, um, a big part of a three-day festival that's coming up in Jacksonville, Florida, where um, your base, where Go Ruck is headquarters. Um, what was the inspiration behind the Sandlot Fitness Festival? And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, what I just started to see was once, once kind of realized that, you know, the beaches are back open and it's okay to be outside, and I'm not going to accept, you know, the, the fear mongering, like you can't go outside because you might, you know, breathe on someone a hundred yards away and give them the virus. Like I just, at some point I'm like, life has risk and, and I'm going crazy indoors, all this stuff. And it's like, you know, I just started to see a lot of other brands, companies and people that I respect and everyone's kind of saying the same thing, right? It's about community and how do we form it? And and, you know, people focusing on other people's health and teaching them how to do it. A lot of it virtually at that time. And I was just like, you know, we're going to need something where everyone can come together and say, all right, let's, let's be outside. Let's enjoy each other's company in the real world. Because for too long now, everything has just been virtual, virtual, virtual. All the businesses are pointing that way. Everything is pointing that way. And look, I'm not anti-technology. I think technology is a tool. And right now it's being sold as, as the key to your life and, and you know, your, your never-ending happiness is gonna, is gonna pipe through your phone. And I just reject that. It's, it is a dystopian nightmare to think about your, your life as a phone or in a phone, which is kind of the same thing, right? And so to say, okay, Florida's a good place because we know it's gonna be open for business. And, and that's been, you know, that's been clear for a while. So it, it took that kind of strain away from the, the people are not going to come in and shut anything down. And then it's like, okay, so what are we going to do? Like, let's, let's throw a big giant fitness party, invite all our friends and our people. Let's have speakers. Let's have brands. Let's have communities. Let's, let's, you know, okay, great. Let's build an obstacle course. So I called up my, my buddies that run Savage Race. And I was like, Hey, they, and Sam's just down the road in Gainesville. And we've had a partnership with them for a while. And Hey, will you guys look at putting a big obstacle course on, on the grounds here? And they're like, yeah, that, that passes the smell test. We can do that. They've only done long courses before. This is 17 obstacles on a quarter mile course right on in a field. Right. Um, so they kind of came on and, and that's another way. So instead of just having people show up in a field, it was, Hey, there's these structures, there's this thing to do. And obstacle courses come from the military right? They're training grounds. That's where you gain confidence from doing things that you don't get to do. You do them and then you gain confidence. And that's how life works, right? And there's no kind of silver bullet for 
oh, I'm just going to wake up one day after my hopes and my prayers and be confident. It doesn't work like that. You have to kind of find new challenges. And this is an accessible one. It's kind of anchoring the, the, the weekend as a whole. It's just these, these big structures. So you got to earn the best views at St. Lon Jacks, right? And then I called up my, my friends at Rogue Fitness. It's like, hey, will you guys send down some equipment and a rig and stuff? And they're like, yeah, we're in, right? Outdoor fitness, great. Right up our alley. You know, they, they do stuff for the CrossFit Games and the Rogue Invitational and all that since forever. And it's a great, great company running out of Columbus, Ohio. Great people, great values, great mission. Can't say enough nice things about Rogue Fitness. So they're like, yeah, we're in. And we started to say, okay, now we've got in, in Go Rucks, all our stuff's here, you know, sandbags and rucks and all this stuff. It's like, okay, now let's, let's not do this ourselves. Let's, let's call up all these other communities because the way that the world has gone, whether it's the nonprofit world or it's the business world or it's the fitness world or it's anything is everybody just kind of gets busy doing their own thing. And how do people find new stuff to do? How do we discover new things? How do we discover new types of training or fitness? And I'll give you, I'll give you one important example from my life, which is, you know, yoga is not known as something that special forces dudes should do, right? Like when I was grow, when I was coming through the, the Q course and coming to my team, like if you said, hey man, I'm, I'm doing yoga every day, that's kind of not something you're gonna bring to the team room, right? But I did and I kept it, I kept it off to the side and I did it because I, I wanted to be more resilient against injury. I wanted to be a better special, special forces soldier. And as it turns out, a lot of guys do that. Not everyone yet, but a lot of guys do that. And, you know, you, you see the, those of us that are a little bit older, right? It's like, man, you got you to start to find the, the things that are going to keep you in, in recovery and, and still doing the things that you want to do. Like, I think all special forces guys should do yoga all the time right? It will make them better. All infantry types should do yoga all the time. But, you know, where do you get that permission and that license? Well, I'll tell you, there's going to be a lot of special forces guys that are going to do yoga at Sandlot Jackson. There's going to be yoga classes that are offered as well as, you know, how much can you bench press or how, you know, how much, how much can you pick up, you know, how much weight and how fast can you do the obstacle course, all of it. And there's this ability to kind of have have global training thought leader or, or global trainers that are like the best in their field come and lead these classes that are, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes top. So it's not just, I'm going to show up and do this one thing and leave. There's all sorts of different, there's, you know, you guys are going to put on the manning wad, which is awesome, right? There's the obstacle course, which is awesome. There's yoga, there's mobility, there's recovery. There's all sorts of different stuff with a lot of different people from different backgrounds. And where do people, how do people meet people? How do brands meet each other? And I just thought instead of showing up at, you know, a, a fitness festival or a fitness expo where you watch people exercise or you kind of go around and collect pamphlets on stuff, which is okay, but how about come do stuff too? And like then meet the people that are there and then go burn it down in the town at night, right? Like go have fun then. So come, let's, let's have fun. Let's have Yingling Beer as our beer sponsor, right? You know, and then we got the bourbon sponsor and wine sponsor. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's, we're trying to figure out how to get water. I'm like, ah, you know, optional, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. But point is, it's like, it's, it's meant to be fun. Bring the people together at a time when I think that, you know, mental health, physical health, and social health has been completely neglected, right? And all of this, like we talk about mental health as if you can just go to the shrink 
or the wizard and get tuned up and, you know, the room with the waterfall in the background and talk about feelings and stuff. I don't really want to do that, you know, and I know a lot of people that don't, but I think that there is a super, super connective tissue between social health and mental health and physical health as well. But if you say, hey, if you come together with like-minded people and do fun stuff, that's really good for your mental health. If it's fitness related, you know, and you do some push-ups or some squats and some, some obstacle course, whatever, that's really good for your physical health too. Like we yearn to be part of these, these tribes and these groups and, the, and these fun kind of communities. So we really wanted to kind of say, all right, let's turn the page a little bit and let's, let's meet up here and kick off the, the rest of our lives right now in case we've wasted a little bit too much time the last couple of years. Like let's recenter on community and health and fitness and have fun doing it. I love it. So um, for the people out here listening, um, they're going to want to know how they can be a part of this Sandlot Fitness Festival. So it, it is April 22nd to 24th in Jacksonville, Florida. It's right on the river downtown. Um, and, you know, there are three day passes for all the all the fun and there are single day passes. Travis Manning Foundation has a code. It's sunshine underscore TMF. And if you use that code, you'll get 20% off. And there's some, uh, it also benefits um, TMF on the back end as well. So we wanted to bring in, you know, you all and other communities that we love and respect. And we want more people to get exposure to, to you and to your mission. I think, I think everybody should be a part of TMF in some way, shape, form, or capacity. There's just so much good that's going on. And, you know, you're all about building that bridge between the military and the civilian worlds. And it's great. I mean, we're, we, we've got a lot of military folk coming as well. My neighbor who you'll meet was a, uh, he's like our military liaison on this. He was a top gun instructor, right? He, he fought or he flew, fought, however you say it, you know, the first Gulf war and, you know, was a deputy commandant at the Naval Academy. And, um, you know, so the NAS Jax is local. There's, there's a bunch of bunch of military folks are, are, are coming out as well. And, and that's kind of the fun part for Jacksonville is involve the businesses, the local leaders that are into fitness and health, which all corporations are to some degree. And then you've got, you know, just the, the people here. It's a very active group. We're able to be outside and it's sunny and that's fantastic. And then to involve the military as well, is just, it, it's great. So, you know, you take all those kind of groups and, and put them in a field and have some fun. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll be there along with uh, a good crew from the Travis Manion Foundation. And, you know, you touched on um, that there'll be a, a nice veteran um, community there as well. Um, and it's something that, again, I think um, one of the reasons why we feel so connected in our partnership with GORUCK is, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a veteran yourself, so you understand um, the need for a community within our veteran population. And um, we know that based off of research, 55% of uh, veterans leaving military service say they feel disconnected from community in particular. Um, that's a huge data point that we reference a lot because it's really one of the main reasons why Travis Manning Foundation exists, why we do what we do. Um, I heard some just today, I heard some really kind of devastating news that um, in a couple of the service branches, uh, uh, suicide is at an all-time high. 
And um, I think we look at, again, the last two years, um, I don't know what the national statistics are, um, but I have to imagine that they mirror um, the veteran population. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about uh, community, um, physical health, and, and, and like you said, mental health, social health. Uh, I don't know how much more we can beat our drum in emphasizing this idea that social health is connected to mental health, that community is connected to mental health, that until we as a society start identifying these preventative and proactive approaches to mental health, we're gonna continue to have a problem. And um, this morning on the Today Show, I'm walking by and I just happened to see like how to overcome anxiety when going back to work. A lot of people are getting back into the office. And so this has become a thing. People are now anxious about being around other people. And I don't have a question around it, but I'm just curious of your take on that because it's, it's sad. It, it, it's, it's a sad state that we're in that number one, we're in this place um, where th that our, our mental health decline is, is at an all time high. But number two, that we're not looking at it in the right way. Like we're just not as a society looking at the approach in a right way to how we overcome this. Yeah, I mean, you, you make me, I'm like getting, you're getting me worked up here, right? <laughs> and I, I'm kind of like, I need to, I need to like, my, my kid would say, take a deep breath, you know, Jack. It's like, right? And, and let's, let's tackle this at sort of the highest level which is nobody has ever, because it will just tackle, like people are anxious because we've, we've all been sold so much fear the last couple of years. It's just, it just starts to, I mean, at some point I, I turn into just the, the kind of like, I don't care anymore, right? And I like life has risk. Let's just, life has risk. So if you say, here's what I can control about this. If we define success, Success is not living forever. It's not going to happen, right? So you say, what can I do? Take a deep breath. What can I do to live a better life that is more rewarding for me, that, that allows me to be happy and, and pay whatever I can forward to others? And, you know, living by yourself behind a screen is never going to get you there. And so you have to go out, you have to be a social animal. And if you say, okay, life has risk, life, it, it does. What can I control? And the big conversation, if we started to focus on inspiring each other to, to take care of our health and our fitness and our well-being, then that would be a much more productive conversation than, you know, talking more about masks and social distancing. Like people, people we know. We, we kind of know at this point, people have made their minds up. And, and so I'm just, I'm in the same boat with you. I can't, I, I can kind of beat the drum a little bit louder, but only from the standpoint of we have to empower the people to give the other people the license to kind of make the decisions that are actually good for their health. And, you know, social health is really important. Mental health is tied to it. Physical health, like what, what can we do? This doesn't have to be where I'm going to trade the next two years or three years or four years of my life 
until it's safe to go outside again. I, I just, you know, we're just waiting for someone to say what? Go outside, here it is. Check it out, check it out. Go outside, you know? If you're waiting, go do it. Go find some friends and go, go live your life, right? Take the risks that you are comfortable taking and be respectful of others, you know? There's personal responsibility tied up in that and we need to kind of, let's do more of that. Well, I also find it interesting, you know, um, listen, you know, we can talk all day about not getting on social media, not, but like, I mean, we're both on social media. We both use it as a platform to talk about the work that we do. And one of the things that I did for my own mental health was I used to be a person that I followed everyone. I followed people I loved and I followed people I hated because I wanted to, I wanted to see it all. I wanted to know it all. I wanted to digest where everybody was. And I found over the last couple of years that that was actually not good for my mental health. And so I did like a, a cleansing activity specifically on Instagram where I got rid of, you know, th these, these voices that I didn't want to hear. You know, I was kind of tired of like, uh, I'm going to, I want to hear both sides of the coin. I wanted to just follow people that were going to lift me up to be the person that I want to be. And I have found it so awesome. You know, when I wake up in the morning and I am, I am guilty. I try to be the person that my alarm goes off and I get up and I drink my coffee and I meditate for 10 minutes before I look at my phone. I don't, my alarm goes off and I spend the next 10 minutes looking at my phone till my, my snooze goes off again. And that's when I get off my phone and I get up. But now, as opposed to before, when I would you know, scroll through my phone and I, and I'd almost, some days I would get up and I'd be angry before I even got out of bed. And now I'm scrolling through like Jason outside with his kids watching the sunset, um, Dan Bailey in his barn, you know, um, doing a hundred burpees, just like people that inspire me to want to be the best version of myself. And I found that like really, um, it's, it's been a cleansing activity for me. So if I could, if I could say anything about using social media to help you, I mean, there are ways that you can use it, like you said, as a tool. And that was something for me where I said, I don't, I don't need to digest information anymore, just so I feel like I have information from every side. Like I need to digest the information that is going to make my brain tick in the way I want it to tick as I move through my day. And so um, this, this whole idea of, uh, you know, again, when you talk about getting outside, just, just doing it, just getting outside, um, it's, it's almost so easy, it's complicated. You know, and I think, I think for people, it's just about taking that first step. I've been really committed um, over the past several weeks of uh, hitting those and, you know, as some people are going to cringe, but, you know, I wear my Apple watch because I want to know that I'm hitting 10,000 steps a day. I want to know that I've done what I needed to do. And when I'm home and I'm working, I'll get to last week. I think it was last Wednesday night. It was 10 o'clock at night. I just got back from a work dinner and I was at like 4,000 steps because I was in the office all day. And I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, it was 10 o'clock at night. I wasn't going outside, but I got on the treadmill and I pounded out four miles, just rocked on the treadmill for four miles. I needed to get to that 10,000. 
Versus this past weekend, I took my kids to Annapolis and we walked around all day long. We, you know, we went to the basketball game, the wrestling match, the lacrosse game. We, anywhere we went, we walked. I was hitting like 17,000 steps without even looking at my Apple watch because I was just being active and present with my family. So yeah, so Ryan, I'm I'm with you. So like, what I what I I have a, a Garmin, not a not an Apple, but I have found that you know we have to lead an examined life. Let's start there. We have to lead an examined life, and if you look at it as you know, this is making me anxious and miserable. If that if that lasts for too long, then you need to make change, whatever that change might be. And I've found that I don't want all my text messages and all that stuff on my watch. I don't right. But I'm with you. The only the only measure of fitness that I actually track consistently is my step count, because it's something that I also I don't hit ten thousand every day. It, it, but some days I'm way up, you know. And it's just like the habits and the trends of our lives are what's really going to determine our next chapters, you know. I mean, if every day all you do is eat, you know, quadruple quarter pounders and sit at home and play video games, like it's going to catch up with you. And if you, on the other hand, eat a salad every once in a while and, and get to 10,000 steps, you know, it's a good goal, right? I have the same goal. And what I've noticed is that over times when I, it, it dips down, I don't sleep as well. You know how correlated sleeping is with mental health? It's huge, you know? And mental health just means you feel better too, by the way, right? I mean, it's not, it doesn't always have to just be, you know, the, the shrink with the waterfall in the background. It's like, oh, you feel better, right? You're, you're, there's a million different reasons for that, but you can absolutely take care of the, the PT. And it's, it's like what your dad told you and in, in what you recounted in your, your book. Like, if you don't feel good, go for a run, you know? And it just, it helps go outside, go for a run or a rock or wh whatever, you know? And so it, it is back to that examined life. And each of us has to look at our own and say, you know, this is my purpose in life. This is my mission. Like, start there. Those are the things that are going to actually keep you driving forward. And if you don't have that, you're going to just chase pleasure all day long, every day. And you're going to try to buy whatever it is you can to, to, for motivation. But the, start with the motivation. Like, what are you motivated to do? And what I've, why I love you and your mission statement and your organization so much is because it is, you know, if not me, then who means send me, right? It's like, I want to go and I want to serve others. And if you pour your energy into that, like all these other things become distraction and that becomes your mission in life. And that, then everything else just starts to click. Otherwise you're, you're just, you're just grasping for stuff to try to provide meaning and, and it doesn't work. I love that line. You have to live an examined life. Um, that's definitely going to show up in uh, some of our marketing materials for this episode because that's brilliant. Like live and examine life because there are times where I'm like, oh, is this like so corny that I'm tracking? But it is. It's a way for me to stay accountable. It's a way for me to say like, I'm going to make sure that I can look back and see what I'm doing each and every day. And that is living and examine life. And so as we as we close out the episode today, I'm, I want to I want to ask you, um, because, you know, this is all about, uh, this podcast is all about resilience, what it means to live a resilient life. Do you think that living an examined life means living a resilient life? I think you have to, to lead 
an examined life in order to, to live a resilient life? So the short answer is, is yes. And the reason is, is because, you know, failure is a bruise, not a tattoo, right? Like great line. I, I, stole, I steal it from an old friend, right? <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things like, look, you, you have to kind of, but why examine your life? It's because you need to, you need to figure out who you are what makes you tick, what you're passionate about. And you need to kind of pour your, pour your heart and your energy into that. And that, that is what I think about when I think about freedom. It's a very, it's this, this phrase, you know, we, we say it so many different ways, but we have to have the freedom to go forth and, and conquer, if you will. We have to have the freedom to kind of lead our best lives. And when you do that, you're going to be forced to be resilient. Because you're, you're, you're going to stray and you're going to have to get back on. You get back on because it's an examined life, right? That comes from the people around you. I mean, this is, this is like stoicism as well. It's not just, you know, from, it's just like the modernization of this, right? Is you have the people around you that influence you. They, they help you, right? We, too often we have this idea of, you know, Jason Bourne style resiliency. And I just reject that. There is a time and a place for that but it goes to the well too much. What we need is our tribes. We need our families. We need our dogs. We need our communities. To, and each of them has this, this role. Like I need some time with just the guys to go toss some sandbags and, and you know, talk about the same problems that all of us have with whatever. And you know, that probably men have been having since the beginning of time. And you know, it's like M has her, her girlfriends and you know sometimes we're all coming together but it's it's the people that were that were around that that make us accountable and these are the people that lift us up so social media that you talk about earlier is really just a metaphor for this you know it's like surround ourselves with the people that make us the best versions of ourselves and when you're the best version of yourself you're going to keep chasing that task and that mission and that purpose that is most yours and when you do that you're going to succeed a lot and you're going you're gonna to fail a lot. And, and when you do, you're going to have to get back up and lead that resilient life. Jason, I always get so excited when I get to have a conversation with you and talk about stuff like this. You're so inspiring. And um, again, we align on so many things. So it's always a breath of fresh air to, to hear you talk, get your perspective. And um, I, like I said, am looking forward to seeing you in person at Sandlot. Um, we're going to put up the links. Um, so if you want to join us down at the Sandlot Festival, uh, we'll have the TMF promo code as well. So you can help support TMF in the process if you decide to join us down there. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Resilient Light Podcast. Thanks as always, Ryan.